It's Monday, May 6th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the big biodiversity report from the United Nations. We'll connect the dots on why a million species are at risk of extinction and how that could impact us. Then, trade talks between the U.S. and China are getting tense. We'll explain the ripple effect. And finally, there are some royal celebrations going on. We're here to make your Monday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Prudential. Prudential can help you understand how to reach your financial goals. Skim This helps you understand the news. The most complicated story today is about the planet. Today, the United Nations released a summary of a new major report on how life on Earth is doing. The verdict? We're not doing great. Scientists say a million plant and animal species are facing extinction because of humans. It's alarming. You may think you've heard this kind of thing before, but this report is different. First, it's huge. It took 150 authors from 50 countries three years to write up the 1,500 pages of the report. They gathered evidence from 15,000 scientific and government sources. Second, this isn't just about climate change. This report's main focus is on something else, something bigger, biodiversity. That's all the living things on the planet, from the tiniest microorganisms to entire ecosystems and everything in between. We all depend on each other. And for a while now, humans have been using and abusing the lion's share of Earth's resources. And now scientists say it will lead to our undoing. This is about the way we treat our world, our nature, about our future on this planet. And so armed now with this new uh, scientific evidence, what we really want to do is to make biodiversity great again. We're going to break down why biodiversity matters why it's endangered, and what scientists say should happen next. So basically, biodiversity is the variety in everything alive that exists. And even if you can't tell a mite from a mosquito, biodiversity is keeping you alive in different ways. You might remember the food chain from science class. Little plants and insects get eaten by little fish that get eaten by bigger fish, which get eaten by us. Okay. But the fish need clean water and coral reefs and other places to live, where the little plants grow. Those coral reefs also protect places on land from flooding. So do wetlands, which are home to birds and other animals, but also keep drinking water clean. Same kind of circle of life for the fruits and vegetables that we eat, that need to be pollinated by wild bees and insects. Biodiversity also impacts Earth in big ways, like the climate. The billions of trees in the Amazon rainforest put oxygen back into the Earth's atmosphere so we can keep breathing easy. The point is, everything is tied together and if one plant or tiny insect or small animal disappears, it has a ripple effect. So what's the problem? Scientists say there are now 20% fewer types of plants and animals in major land habitats than there were a century ago. For example, the wild bees and insects are disappearing, and that's putting crops at risk. They estimate that could mean $577 billion less in crop production a year. Coral reefs and mangrove forests are also disappearing, and that can mean up to 300 million people could be at risk of flooding. And those are just a couple of examples. Scientists now say it's not just one or two, 
a million species are at risk of extinction. So why is this happening? Basically, it's us. In the last 50 years, the world's population has doubled. So we're using more resources for food. Nearly three quarters of the world's fresh water sources and more than a third of the world's land are being used just for crop and livestock production. But when we cut down diverse forest ecosystems to plant crops or keep cattle grazing, the other plants and animals that lived in those places disappear. Scientists are also pointing to logging, overfishing, mining, and poaching as huge problems. Global tourism has also caused the carbon footprint to jump 40%. And both tourism and global trade are bringing non-native species to other countries. Because those species don't have natural predators in the new environments, they take over and change ecosystems. And of course, there's pollution. 60% of burned fossil fuels get absorbed back into nature every year. And those also impact climate change. Greenhouse gases have doubled since 1980, raising the Earth's temperature. That changes where different plants can grow and where animals can live. So the report looks really bad, but the scientists do have some solutions on the table. They say governments need to crack down on illegal fishing and illegal logging, especially in the tropics where biodiversity is highest. The report also says cities should get on board and make themselves more green. Think rooftop gardens and urban farming. The report also says governments should stop giving subsidies to industries connected to fossil fuels, agriculture, fishing, and forestry. They say the world needs to focus less on making money and more on protecting the resources those industries are using. And they're calling for biodiverse regions to be protected. That can make a difference. In 2009, the world's second largest coral reef, the Belize Barrier Reef, was put on the list of endangered world heritage sites. After Belize stopped oil exploration there, they were able to preserve the reef and get it off the list. So what's the skim? Globally, we've seen a lot of environment-related actions lately. This year, teen activist Greta Thunberg inspired millions of kids to get out of the classroom and into the streets to protest climate change. The Extinction Rebellion activists in London have been arrested by the hundreds in support of, among other things, protecting the Earth's biodiversity. This report today backs up their cause with lots of data. And it didn't just come out of thin air. It was written at the request of a bunch of UN countries. The UN countries have a bunch of meetings scheduled on this, but the next big one isn't happening until the end of 2020. The report writers say the best case scenario is slowing down the loss of biodiversity. They say no matter what, we're not going to be able to stop it completely. That big meeting is scheduled to take place in China. But until then, China has a lot of other stuff on its plate, including a trade war with the U.S. that just got bigger. That story's next. You're feeling super adventurous. You hit the trail without a GPS. Ten minutes in, you wish you had a map. That's how most people deal with their finances. But Prudential can help lead you down the path to financial wellness. You can start by using their financial wellness assessment tool. In just five minutes, it can give you key insights into your financial health and help you navigate your way out of the woods, whatever your money situation is, because you need to know where you stand right now so you can figure out where you're going. Prudential, here to help you plan financially for today and tomorrow. Trade war is not a phrase that goes over well on Wall Street. 
That's the reason the stock market took a dive this morning, reacting to President Trump's threat on Twitter this weekend to ramp up the trade war with China by the end of the week. Trump is threatening to increase tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods and impose new taxes on another $325 billion of additional imports. You might think, that escalated quickly, but there's a history here. The U.S. and China have been at this trade war for a while. Back in 2017, the U.S. launched an investigation into Chinese trade policies, then started imposing tariffs in 2018. We're going to have to rework trade with China because that's been a one-way street for decades and we just can't have it happen. China retaliated, and then the U.S. and China kept raising tariffs on each other. Finally, last December, Trump and China's leader Xi Jinping agreed to a timeout, and they've been at the negotiating table ever since. It looked like things were going well and there might be a deal this week. But officials in Trump's administration apparently told the president there were still some big hurdles in the negotiations. China reportedly wants all tariffs dropped. Trump wants to keep some to make sure China lives up to its end. So how does this trade war affect you? First, there are tariffs on Chinese imports. In his tweet, President Trump said China has been paying these tariffs. But that's not exactly how that works. Tariffs are taxes on imports. So U.S. companies importing those goods from China are actually the ones who take on the added costs, and they bump up the prices of their goods to make up for it. According to researchers, tariffs on goods from around the world are costing U.S. consumers nearly $1.5 billion every month. Second are the Chinese tariffs on American products. U.S. farmers and small business owners are being hit the hardest, like with soybeans. U.S. farmers did about $12 billion in business selling soybeans to China back in 2017. But then in 2018, China put a 25% tariff on U.S. agricultural products to retaliate for the U.S. tariffs. That's made U.S. soy so expensive in China, companies are buying from other countries instead. In November, China imported zero soybeans from the U.S., some U.S. farmers have already been filing for bankruptcy. But in terms of the bigger economy, China's feeling it too. Chinese manufacturers took a huge hit last year and are only just starting to recover now after China cut taxes to help them out. China's economy grew last year, but economists don't expect it to keep that momentum, especially if the trade war continues. So both sides have an interest in getting this sorted out. Today is the first day of Ramadan, the holiest month for Muslims around the world. Fasting is a major part of the holiday. About one and a half billion people woke up before sunrise this morning for a quick breakfast, and they won't eat or drink again until sunset. That includes NBA player Ennis Cantor. He plays center for the Portland Trailblazers, and he'll be fasting during the NBA playoffs. The Blazers are in the middle of the second playoffs round right now. They lost to the Denver Nuggets last night, so the series is now tied 2-2. Two to two. Tomorrow's game in Denver starts at 8.30 local time, just after sunset. So Cantor should be able to fuel up before the game. But his body is used to it. He fasts once or twice a week, year-round. If you're celebrating too, Ramadan Mubarak. Happy Ramadan. We've got more handy phrases for Ramadan on the Skim social media pages. Check them out at the Skim.
before we go today, we've got a long-awaited fun fact from the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Prince Harry came out beaming today to announce that the new royal baby boy was born this morning at 5.26 a.m. London time, weighing in at 7 pounds, 3 ounces. This little thing is, is, is absolutely to die for, so I'm just over the moon. Baby Sussex is now seventh in line for the throne, so not great chances he'll rule. But he is the first half-American baby and the first biracial baby to ever even be in the line of succession. Names and titles are still TBD. In Britain, the betting odds right now are on Albert, Arthur, and Alexander. Makes sense. Baby Sussex is clearly A-list material. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit subscribe. We'd also love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. For more Skim, sign up for our free morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.